God of abundance, open your word to us, that there may be an abundance of your love in our hearts. Amen. The video we show earlier is one of we showed earlier is one of a series of videos about the One Opportunity Project. And if you go on the Methodist Church website, you can watch a number of videos about last year's participants. Without exception, if you've watched the videos that focus on the young people who took part, there is a constant theme through them. And that theme is as they journeyed through the year, they deepened their faith. That no matter what they did in their projects, whether it be social media or working with children or all the other different projects they did, they deepened their relationship with God and the relationship with the local church that they worked with. And I encourage you to go and find them. You might struggle to find them because the Methodist Church have just reorganised their website and none of us can find anything. But you'll find it if you, find, if you manage to keep looking. We've been looking in our sermon series at the moment, for those of you who are visiting this morning, about getting to know God. We've been thinking about getting to know God through faith, through scripture. We'll be thinking about getting to know God through prayer, through one another. This morning as we celebrate harvest together, we're thinking about getting to know God through creation. Wherever you talk to people, whether they are people of faith or not people of faith, again and again people talk about how the beauty of creation is a way they connect with God. You can go out and walk in the beautiful countryside that we live in and people stand there and say, wow, what do I see? As I talk to people, whether it be at funeral visits, whether it be at baptism visits, whether it be on the Alpha course that we're running at the moment, people say, wow, what beautiful things God has created. A picture that's deciding not to appear. I don't know why our technology is not working, Alan. It's appeared on my, it's moved on on my phone. The projector seems not to have moved it on. Don't know. Okay, we've lost the picture. Can you flip between the inputs? Is it the inputs have gone? It's not me. <laughs> it's not me because I know it's projected. There we go. Whether it be a view, the views like that, just up above Slaley, where I am privileged to be minister. There is something about looking at views like that that help us to see the beauty of God. There's something unspoilt about it that we see God at work. Harvest time allows us to pause and to say thank you to God for what he has done. As I began ministry, you start to get invites to preach at harvest celebrations. And as someone who grew up in the middle of a city, as someone for whom, and many of you will have heard me tell this story before, the church I grew up in was not dissimilar to this and had a pulpit like this, but we had a a white balcony. And we had a greengrocer in the congregation 
who at Harvest Festival would go through his shop and find the most perfect apples and oranges. And they were measured at precisely the same amount. And they were laid on the ledge around the balcony to, you know, display the most perfect apple and oranges. And they were placed right around the ledge of the balcony in church. Harvest was displayed to us of this time of perfection. The more I serve rural communities, the more I realise that harvest is not about celebrating the perfect. And our faith is not about the perfect. As I minister in Slaley, as I talk to colleagues who minister in the rest of this rural community, harvest is yet a time of thanksgiving for what God has done. But it is also a time of deep prayer. It is a time of deep prayer that God will continue to be with us through the winter. That the provision of God that we celebrate at harvest time will continue through the winter months. This was the harvest display at Slaley last weekend as we celebrated for the last time in the chapel at Slaley Harvest Festival. The flowers are always beautiful but they are just the tip of the iceberg of what has been grown in that community. They are a drop, a a backdrop, a symbol of all that God has given that community. But they are a prayer, a symbol of God's goodness that we want to continue through the winter months. Today as we celebrate harvest, as we think about getting to know God through the beauty of his creation, I want us to hold together that yes, harvest is a deep thanksgiving, but it's also a continued deep prayer for God's continued working in us, God's continued presence with us. Those harvest readings are our readings set for harvest in the lectionary. In Luke we have a parable, a parable that's told in response to a question. A bit like the Good Samaritan where Jesus tells a parable in response to a question about eternal life. Here the parable is told in response to a question about inheritance. The inheritance laws in Jesus' day were very different to inheritance laws now. The older brothers, and older brothers are always the best of course, inherited more, if not all. And the parable is told in response. The parable is about greed. And if you want the headline of the parable, it's there in verse 15 in Luke 12. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. It's a parable about greed. It's a parable about what we do when God blesses us with abundance. Let's have a look at what the parable says to us at harvest time. The parable is about a man, a man who is a farmer, a man who's had a good year on his farm. In fact, he's not had a good year, he's had an abundant year. In fact, he's had such a good year that when he's filled his barns with the grain that's come, they're so full he decides to tear them down. He tears them down and he builds even bigger barns so that he can store everything that he's grown. Why? 
Why does he store everything that he grow, he's grown? So that he can sit back. So that he can take life easy. So that he can eat, drink and be merry. It's one of those moments when you realise one of those phrases that's used comes from scripture. And as he sits back and eats, drink and be merry, God says to him there in verse 20, You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. All that he's stored up will be wasted or at least will be wasted for him. There's three things in this parable for me at harvest time that God says to us. Three things as we look at that barn and that farmer that maybe God says to us about the goodness and the abundance that we have to share and to celebrate at harvest time. There's something missing, there's something not shared and there's something ignored. So firstly, what's missing? Well, I think what's missing is thanksgiving. Here we are at harvest time, we see the goodness around us. At Slaley last weekend, it was the beauty of the flowers, the reality of the local farmers who come and plonk huge bags of potatoes at the front of church for us to share. Here it's packets and tins that will go to the food bank tomorrow. From our young people, it's the leftovers that they didn't manage to eat at Allendale yesterday. But we give thanks for them. We say thank you, God, for what you've given us. But here the man in the story has no thanksgiving. He doesn't stop and give thanks to God. When we are blessed, whether it's the beauty of creation that we see when we're out walking, or when we sit on the train from Newcastle to Hexham, whether it's the blessing we receive from friends in easy times or difficult times, we must stop and give thanks to God. The man in the story had no thanksgiving. He simply took what he had and kept it to himself. What's missing is any sense of giving thanks to God. And as God's people, we must be people who give thanks for the goodness that God gives us. And then secondly, there's nothing shared. The man wants to keep it all to himself. He has all the grain. He wants to keep it in comfort. He wants to sit and eat and drink and be merry and have it all for himself. There's no giving it out and sharing it with others and blessing others. At our synod recently, and I'm not just saying this because the chair of district's in the congregation, I have preached this sermon elsewhere recently and it was in the story then. We were thinking about the generosity of God. But often our generosity, it's when we give that we are so much more blessed than when we receive. In taking things and giving them to others, we receive so much more. With Synod, we were sharing stories of what it is to be blessed when we give to others. One of my colleagues shared about the blessing of giving a car to someone else, what it meant to feel so blessed in being able to give. They were reflecting on they'd been given a car and then they were able to give one away. 
The rich man in the story has all that grain. He keeps it all to himself and he gives nothing away. How many of us could have kept what we had in our cupboards, but we choose to bring it and to give to those who will be in need? Our fabulous young people this year, three hours a week, you could say, what's three hours a week? But what blessings you will give to social media, to young people, to those in your community. What a blessing you will be because you choose to give those three hours a week to the church. And I have every, every belief that you will give far more than three hours a week. Three hours a week will be the tip of the iceberg of what you will give. But you could keep that to yourself, but you're going to give it to the church. And I don't believe for a minute that the, the money you're paid is really what it's about. But what a blessing you will be as you give that time to your churches and your community. The man kept it all to himself. We must never keep what we have to ourselves, but we must take it and give it. But then the man ignores something. What's ignored in the story is the gifts that he has from God. He sits back, he takes life easy, he eats, he drinks, and he wants to be merry. What's he got? Here's a farmer who has land. Here's a farmer who has the skills and the gifts to grow crops that are not just good crops, but are so abundant he has to store extra bar- grow, build extra barns to put them in. And what does he want to do with the farming gifts he's got? He wants to just ignore them and sit there and never use them again. Why? Why, if God has given you those gifts to grow that much grain, would you waste them and not plant anything the year after? If we get to know God, I said on our church away day that one of the reasons we get to know God is to understand the purposes that God has for us. He's a man who wants to sit back and do nothing with the gifts that God has given him. When I see the beauty of God, when I see the beauty of creation, I want to be a co-creator with God. I want to continue to grow the kingdom with God. The man in the story wanted to ignore everything that God had given to him. If God has given us gifts, when we get to know him, when we understand the purpose that God has for us, we must continue to use those gifts with God and not ignore them. So to turn those on the head, the story is about learning to give thanks to God for what we have. Making sure we share the abundance that God has given us and making sure that we use the gifts that we have. That's what harvest time is all about. Giving thanks to God. Sharing the abundance that we have. Using the gifts that we have for God. And the words of Joel are an encouragement to us. And if you read the whole of the book of Joel, you'll be reminded that even when things are not good, and Joel, the bit we heard from Joel is a bit in the middle, it's the good bit of Joel, you have to read the whole of Joel to know that it starts when things are not good. But the promise of Joel is that when we give thanks to God, when we pray, when we share what we have, when we use the gifts that we have, then that abundance will come again and again and again. 
When we draw close to God, it's very easy to draw close to God in the beauty of the creation that we live in. When the beauty of creation looks like that. Of course, that's not always the image that we see of God's creation. I've been somewhat challenged as I've preached harvest this year. And some of us don't just get to preach harvest once. We have to preach harvest two or three times over. As I've been thinking about giving thanks, about sharing, about using our gifts, that many of the images I've seen on my TV screen of God's creation have looked much more like that. That much of God's creation is torn apart again and again and again. That as I travelled to Darlington, where two of our ops come to preach at a harvest festival in Darlington this year, Hurricane Irma had stripped through much of the Caribbean. How do I get to know God's creation when it looks like that? How do we share our gifts when that's what God's creation looks like? But that's what the prophet Joel cries out to. That's the lament he offers. That's the hope that he offers. And as I was watching the BBC News, there was a woman from the Caribbean who said as she stood in her destroyed house, She said, I can't believe this has happened. I don't know what we're going to do next. But I still believe in God. I still believe in God. And I thought, wow, how often do we watch stories in the UK? And how often do people never mention God on our news? she was able to give thanks to God despite what had happened to God's creation around her. She was willing to share the abundance of God's love in Jesus despite what had happened to her creation. She was ready to use her gifts to rebuild her community around us. Harvest is very different for us here in the middle of the town than it is for those who live just a few miles away from us in our rural communities. But each one of us has the gifts and the, the, the blessings to share. Each one of us has the joy and the privilege of getting to know an amazing God who created the beautiful countryside that we live in. So I leave you with those questions this harvest time as we celebrate all the good gifts that God has given to us, as we live in this beautiful part of God's creation, how will we give thanks to God for his creation? How will we share the abundance that God gives us? And how will we use the many gifts that God lays before us to bless others, to grow the kingdom of God, to draw closer to God for ourselves? to see the purposes that God has for us so that we don't sit back, eat, drink and be merry but so that we are co-creators with God of his kingdom and his love.